before dawn Every man has a story And the story goes on From a granddad's eyes To a newborn son farm is in my blood We all benefit from Michigan farm families who take pride in perfecting the art and science of growing fresh, high-quality foods and products year after year. Local Michigan farmers nurture what nature gives them, growing some of the most popular foods and products. Did you know that we rank number one in the nation in more than 15 products? In fact, more than 50,000 local farm families help to grow and raise more than 300 different great tasting, high quality, fresh foods and products, making us the second most agriculturally diverse state in the nation. I am speaking today with Kyle Keller of Keller Farms and Supply. Hi Kyle, how are you doing? I'm so glad that you wanted to be on here. I love talking to people in farming, as anyone who listens to this podcast probably already knows. But for you specifically, can you tell me about your role, about your job, about your business? Sure. Yeah, we can go right into that. So Color Farm Supplies, my company I started, um, we produce hand straw and a lot of different types and qualities for a lot of different industries that people wouldn't really think of. Um, mm -hmm. We're located in Sand Creek, Michigan which is closest to Erie, Michigan, really close to the Ohio, the Ohio State line down here. So mainly producing large square bales and small square bales. Our customers, the industries we serve are um, not as animal-based as people would think when they first think of hay and straw. We do a lot with erosion control companies and manufacturing companies that are a little bit different where they make, uh, if you're driving by a highway that's getting seeded with grass, they're blowing straw or they're putting blankets of straw down there. And uh, there's a few companies that we move straw to who sell compressed bales. Like if you're on tractor supply and you see a you know a smaller square bale but it's really heavy, we serve a couple companies that um, make those products as well. That is different and, like you said, not what a lot of people think of. How did you decide to start doing this in the first place? Uh, the summer after I graduated high school in 2014, uh -huh. I had the idea about a year before that um, and researched it all, all winter long and all spring and got a plan together. And how it came about was my uh, my family here, my dad farms, um, separate from me, about 700 acres of row crops, did a good job with that. And um, when I was nearing the end of high school, I was kind of becoming realistic that we couldn't both you know, share that and as comfortably. And, Mm -hmm. It really started off, I really just wanted something extra to do so I could work on the, on the farm here without having an off-farm job after school. And it, it's turned into, I mean, 20 times more than I ever thought it was. The first year we did uh, 80 acres of small bales just by hand, and it's kind of really progressed there. I'm thankful of how it's been turning out so far. Now, 20 times more. Is it because of the amount of business you've generated, just people looking for a supplier, or has it been your networking, or what changed in the time from when you started doing it? A little bit of both. So when I first started, I was just, again, looking for something to, to pay for me to stay on the farm and everything. And then the more I was into it, more opportunities arose. I learned more about different types of more of the high-volume users and mm -hmm. tried to, to attack that, and I really just took on any opportunity that we had. So, of course, I guess I'm mainly talking about the volume. So, 80 acres went up to, uh, in 2020, 
they covered around 5,000 acres of wheat straw between the big squares and the small squares. Awesome. And um, that's the kind of the that have been going on every year. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a jump for anyone. That's great. I know, obviously, I'm on a dairy farm and we source bales. And so when people are looking for you, is this something like when you talk about volume, obviously these environmental and these manufacturing things, they need huge amounts, right? Yeah, correct. And something else that's funny is probably to someone even like yourself who when they think of straw, straw is straw. You know, you open the bale, throw it on the ground, and it's the same thing. But we're really particular about the products we're selling, and we grade the straw. So we have to find out what each customer is wanting. Do they care about the color, the length, the moisture, the shape it's in, maybe what kind of combine it came from, to really serve what their end use is going to be. So, um, yes, we do serve a few dairy farms and um, some larger ones that are they're taking a little different week. But, yes, the, the higher volumes are with the, the factories, really, who are taking in this um, product to make it to something else for their end users. And that's, it's, it's really exciting to see how these people have it figured out. And we're, we're pretty spread out. Uh, I think we're up to about 16 different states we've delivered to. Awesome. And the ones we're going to weekly are uh, about Indiana, Ohio, Florida, Virginia. We're going there multiple times a week and with some random people picking up here or other customers we find along the way. It's funny that you say that because, of course, we use it for bedding, and we definitely have a specific kind of straw that we like. You know exactly what you want to bed yeah. down your animals, and I'm sure it's the same for everyone when you say, you know, color, moisture, length yeah. type thing, things like sure. that. Um, what do people the want for manufacturing? manufacturing? What are what are they looking for in a straw bale? The manufacturing customers are it's, it's definitely the best the customers for us. And it's, they are the most particular about the straw. Mm -hmm. um, it's mainly moisture because the straw needs to run through multiple machines. It needs to sit in the warehouse for a while. If it's too wet, um, it gets sent back, which is something we don't have happen very often. But it gets turned into those blankets and into those small bales, and they can't have any mold going on for their end users. So. It's mainly, you know, the longer straw is always better for almost everybody, and the color, you know, helps with them a little bit, but it's mainly moisture with them to make sure that their products can be processed properly through their equipment and safely for the end users and factory personnel. What kind of products are they processing? They're making, they're called uh, straw waddles. It looks like a big, long sock full of straw that, they might put at the bottom of a hill that's going to have maybe some runoff from um, mm. rain that they keep the seed there. The most common one is there's two or three places we go to that make, um, they're called blankets, and it looks just like uh, net wrap from a round bale, but it's, it's wrapped up real tight for them to roll out on flat surfaces or on hills, and that's what you see mostly on maybe some residential building or subdivisions or um, the highway. And then the last one is the compressed bale through the top and bottom. They'll take a large three-by-four bale, and they have a really impressive machine that slices that and compresses it into a smaller product for their domestic users. Yes, this is definitely something I've seen, and I love that this is uh, – I love when somebody has an idea for a business, and then they make it happen, and you're just fulfilling a need that people had, and they're like, oh, just look you up. Oh, we can use them. It's so great. And yeah. in this time yeah. that you've been doing it, obviously you didn't know it was going to start out like this, but what are your plans for 2021 and beyond with your business? 
20s when you don't have very much risk <laughs> because why not i mean why not try it right yeah that's that's what i that's what i try to tell everybody that if you got an idea you know there's no sense to wait around and hope for something better to happen who works with you with me so my immediate family is uh, my parents um sharing county they both work here my dad aside from farming both have a hundred acres has a good business painting and sandblasting here he's been doing that for a long time does a good job mm-hmm. uh, mom works here with us and she's um she's very famous for her, her food so oh. everyone that works here we we supply meals in the summer and my friends that helped me back when we were doing stuff by hand in high school they still talk about that you know mom's <laughs> sandwiches she brings out everything so uh so it's us too um, I have a sister who has a great career on her own. She's not involved here on the family farm. Um, but now I used to do a lot of all the physical stuff, all the paperwork stuff myself, and my dad would help me a bunch. But that just really got to be too much where I couldn't handle it all myself. And mm-hmm. I have two great full-time employees here that do a really good job. And, I mean, after a while of training and stuff, they, they it wasn't long that they, they're really they're better than me now at <laughs> operating stuff and doing a good job and bringing the bales and everything. And, delivering so that's it just us uh, those two employees here my dad and i full time when we're producing straw in the summer there's anywhere from eight to twelve people here working a day taking care of everything and really covering the ground that we need to and doing a good job we also have people you know who drive for you in the summer and supplying them the food is one thing but do you find we find that a lot of it you get are the younger people and the retired generation and we love them all it's so nice to have people who can just work for you for a limited amount of time yeah i've had great luck with that and um that's what i was going to mention as well is a lot of people like to Maybe talk about my generation not being as hardworking or not as available to that kind of work, and I haven't really found that. Um, everyone that works here is between 16, and um, some of my friends that went to college with me that are 25 and 26. And um, but yeah, there are some retirees. My my uh, my grandpa, my mother's side, is he's been a truck driver for a long time, and he 
he enjoys those couple months up on NFL. So, um, so I good Max, but yeah, I agree with that. It's just nobody in the middle who who needs it full time, and if they do, then we, we take them on that way. Where did you go to school? So I went to San Creek High School, and then I went to Jackson College for one year and played baseball. And um, after injury, that wasn't really my thing anymore. It was really more and more. I was growing the business through college, and I ended up going to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, I started in a two-year program there called Ag Industries. Mm-hmm. I later transferred into the four-year bachelor degree of agribusiness management. Really enjoyed Michigan State classes, and that whole department did a really good job. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I lived in the Alpha Gamma Rho Agricultural Purity House and was extremely involved there. Really have nothing but great stuff to talk about that organization and what they offer and what they can do socially and professionally for, for young men for young men at Michigan State and I'm I'm actually just took a job with them as a chapter advisor. So I'm enjoying oh, that. Great. Oh. Yeah. Um, I know so many people who are a part of that and what I love about it the most is it's such a tight knit group. Like they you all know each other and it makes it so much fun. Yeah, it is. And it, and it's not just Michigan State, it's it's the whole country that does a really good job. But then I, I ended up Graduating from Michigan State in uh, 2019. Just in, in 2019. 2019. Good. Here and to work for myself. Glad you got out before the pandemic. Nice timing on that. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I feel bad for those kids. I think about that all the time. The stuff they'll have to mess out with and get used to for a little bit. That's too bad. Yep. I'm certainly ready for it to be over. <laughs> Let's talk about baseball. This came up. Uh, what position did you play, and what did you like about it, and what was your injury? Um, yeah, I guess something that people who met me in college or later in my professional life probably don't know that about me, that I was huge, just really giant into baseball my whole life um, mm-hmm. until I was you know, 18 or 19 or so. But um, uh, I played you know, the infield, but the, what I liked about the best, and the only thing I did in college was I, I pitched. Awesome. And um, uh, the injury was just my senior year of high school. I had an elbow injury, and I could pitch that whole year. And I never really got – I was never really back to myself. And that, of course, doesn't make it as fun anymore when you get, can't compete the way you're supposed to. Yeah. Uh, but I do still stay involved with that. I, I've uh, stayed on since graduating. I help out the baseball coach, the baseball team at Sand Creek as a varsity assistant and kind of focus on fishing with them. And, I enjoy that because that gives me something that that's, you know, my meat's on. That's, that's something I do for myself since I'm really extremely busy business-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have three boys, and they all play baseball, and my husband played baseball, and I never enjoyed oh. baseball until I had kids, and now I love watching it. It's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. I know I miss spending, you know, all weekend at tournaments everywhere and uh, playing in high school. Yeah, it's a great way to great way to grow up in sports, and, you know, you learn a lot of stuff that, just passed on to yourself and your professional life for sure. Oh, definitely, especially that whole teamwork thing. I'm sure you've got that down. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, the employees do a good job. Yep. What about teams? Who do you follow now? Do you still like to follow baseball? 
Um, not as much as I did when I was a kid. Um, I was a giant um, Derek Jeter fan, so I followed the Yankees a little bit through him. But uh, no, now mostly I'm, I'm pretty much all Michigan State at this point. Uh, I'm with you. Yep. <laughs> this, although this year was a good year not so. to have tickets to the basketball games, I'd have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, or football. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a little unusual. It's too bad. But uh, yeah, they were. They had a couple of great runs when I was in school, and we'd go to games all the time, and we traveled to other stadiums, and I really enjoyed that. Yes, that is great. And that takes us to, like you alluded to, you don't have very much free time, but I know that you work with the baseball team. What else do you like to do? What are your other interests? Yeah, um, well, I mentioned I'm involved with that fraternity, still advising with them. I'm I'm enjoying that, coaching baseball. I, I wasn't a big travel guy until I was in Michigan State, and there was just a lot of opportunities through EGR to visit other chapters and conferences and stuff. And that kind of got me kick-started on, you know, what I really do is like seeing different parts of the country, different parts of the world. So I, I try to make a lot of trips to watch Michigan State somewhere else, or if there's a, I've been to some different farm expos, the World Ag Expo in California last year, a good friend of mine, and I went out there to that. I enjoy traveling but mixing it either with sports or something formulated so where i get to go see it so um that's that's a great time and um something else i guess i would say is snowmobiling i love the mm. i'm looking at a snow right now outside and, uh just a really big fan up north and everything michigan has to offer my dad and i have gone up together in snowmobiles since i was a kid and now my friends and i go do the same thing so i enjoy that when i can my kids have recently gotten into that because one of their friends has a snowmobile, and I think they could do it for about 12 no. hours every day. They would never get sick of it, I don't think. No, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> Combining speed with snow. What's not to like, really? <laughs> yeah, I know it. Yeah, yeah just got to stay warm. <laughs> what is your favorite season on the farm? Do you have a time of year that you really like? Um, I'm not sure if I love it, but it's, it's probably, it's got to be July 1 and on, just when I just love the, the rush of the straw production season. It's, just, it's really fun to see, a lot of people don't realize how much planning I really, really, really put into that. I, I spend months and months and hours and hours on Excel, making that decision as we can, planning everything out. Everything we do is a calculated plan that I, I have done, and it's just really fun seeing that come full circle in July when there's over 10 employees here doing a great job, just like we talked about. And But I just, it's just a really beautiful time around here. You know, July is when the wheat's all golden, and it looks real good right next to green corn and beans. And So I would definitely say the, the summer in general, between the hay and straw that we have going on, just because it's the most exciting time here. You know, it's our... It's my Christmas day, you know, mm-hmm. this, this July 1, you know, the week the show's on for straw and we're going to go do a good job and everything we planned and waited for. So definitely that June, July, August time of the year, uh, pretty, even though I do love the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean about seeing a golden wheat field. It is so beautiful. Oh, um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's almost like it's shimmering and when the sun's on it and everything about that. Oh, yeah. But when you're talking about working yeah. on your Excel spreadsheets, um, and you said, you know, a lot of people don't realize the planning. Can you talk more about that? Because, like, coordinating, what you're coordinating? 
Sure, yeah, no problem. And that's that's kind of what I, I do mostly now. I figured out what I mentioned. I was just really get tired of stop working every day at 12 o'clock or uh, 1 a.m. because I and then I had to go inside and do all the, the computer work. And that's when I decided that it was time for employees because while I love I love driving the bailers and loading trucks and driving the semi and everything, um, other people can do that. That's not where I'm most needed. Um, I need to be, I probably spend a lot more time or prefer to spend more time in my office and on the computer than most people you would meet in ag. And that's just because I need to do my part of the job, planning everything out. And the stuff I'm coordinating, I guess, is I, um, I work with, uh, obviously not all the straw. We don't have 5,000 acres of straw ourselves or wheat ourselves. So mm-hmm. I, um, we probably cover about a, a 20 mile circle per month. So it's really not too far. And um, I really enjoyed meeting all the farmers in the area. I've become very good friends with a lot of them and some of them have become mentors to me, but I really enjoy doing business um, kind of in person, almost like a, not quite like a input sales season, but we're, we're offering something for them. So a big part of it is sourcing the acres, meeting the farmers, making a good connection there, mm-hmm. you know, showing them what we can do. We're going to do a good job. This is how it works. So that's a lot of it. And then, um, again, I excel all kinds of stuff between, you know, the balance sheets and our, our day-to-day stuff, the budgeting there. But the big planning stuff, like I'm doing now, this time of year, you know, the straw season is planned out pretty much by February or March for me. So we're planning out, you know, we'll do yield estimates, what I think we're going to have customer-wise, um, retaining customers, getting them to use more volume, talking mm-hmm. with them. So I, I'm really, it's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I guess um, the guys that work here do a really good job taking care of the physical stuff outside this time of year. And I'm inside just really planning on next year, day-to-day, what's going to happen. The, of course, all the invoices and the billing, all that accounting. I, I enjoy doing that. That's a lot of my best about. And I, I enjoy putting that to use and watching that, you know, work and come to life and, you know, create a lot of opportunity for everybody. It's creating opportunity for a lot of people. And I always just like seeing all the work that goes into planning something like that. I know that people ask you about your job and people are interested in your kind of work because it's not something that everyone does. What's a story that you like to share about work or what kind of questions do people ask you? Um, it depends if it's someone, you know, in passing that, you know, the small talk, hey, what kind of work you in? Or if it's uh, someone I'm actually friends with who will get into it deeper. Or, uh, But usually it's people not understanding, I guess, the volume of it because there's kind of all kinds of scales. You know, there's, there's people that will just sell who a few bales by the road stuff and that's fine and but we're doing something different so it's um probably the, the biggest thing is just they see the places we're delivering they say why are you going to florida why are you going to virginia is there straw <laughs> between a and b there and that's a good point that's that's what i think as well but it's just um there is but it might not be the right kind the right the right grade and specific quality that we can provide in a course about they have trouble finding it um, in those parts of the country. And so just getting um, people to understand what's really going on, and, and a lot of them, they're really, they think it's interesting, like you said, because it's, it's different. You know, it's not, um, of course, we do have the row crop here that's, um, you know, separate with my father, but we were involved in that as well. And 
when some people think of farming, that's, that's what they think of, but we're a little bit different. And then that kind of created a niche market, I guess you would say. Yes, I would say that too. That's definitely a part of it. When, yeah. when you were talking about it at first, you said you wanted to find out a way that you could go back to the farm. Why did you want to go to the farm in the first place, and how do you feel about your decision now? Yeah, um, and going back to baseball and everything, and that's what was kind of funny. On my way out of school, I didn't really have it was either baseball or, or farming, really. And I, I tried to make ways. I enjoy coaching and stuff. I'm like, well, I could be a teacher and a coach, blah blah blah. But then I don't know, just watching. This, it's just the best way to grow up. I'm just really thankful I grew up this way in the farm. Both my parents were here all the time, mm-hmm. and I just think it's a great way to great way to grow up. And I'm sure you know the same thing. But <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely don't regret that decision. And I I've had internships in college where um, you work somewhere else, and I enjoyed those things. But that even taught me even more. I really was just <laughs> I was really honestly thinking about being back doing my own work um, the whole time, and that that kind of gave me that insight to learn a lot of stuff, but to find out, yes, this is the right thing and you're, you're doing the right thing. It's always nice when you do something else and realize what you really want to be doing, even if you've been doing it your whole life already. It's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It. Yeah. Yeah. It just keeps getting, yeah. Is there somewhere that people can find out more about you and your business? Do you have a site you'd like to direct them to? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My website is um, <clears throat> Keller FS. Dot com. Um, that's been great for exposure uh, customer-wise. When If it's not word of mouth, a lot of people say they found me on there. Um, social media-wise, I like Instagram the best. We post a lot of pictures and videos on there. And that's also just at Kepler Farm Supply all spelled out, as well as um, Facebook and um, LinkedIn as well, I suppose. <laughs> Well, you're easily reached, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, and I hope that everything goes well, and I can't wait to see pictures on Instagram of your beautiful wheat fields come July 1st. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate it, it, reaching out, and uh, I think you guys are doing a great job. It's interesting hearing about what people are doing, and um, yeah, I'm real real thankful and blessed with what's going on, and um, we're going to keep being really aggressive with it and uh, see what we can uh, have happen for everybody. Thank you so much, Kyle. Okay, thank you. Thank you again for joining the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great podcast. It's indeed great to get to know the Michigan farmers behind local products in our marketplace. Supporting local farmers in your community is easy when you live in Michigan. We all benefit from the bounty of locally grown foods fresh from our state's family farmers. Thank you to Bex for helping us tell the stories of farmers through permission to use the Henningsen's Why I Farm song. It's an honor that we share to highlight real people and real farmers who are passionate about agriculture. Join us again soon as we discover more farm stories directly from local farm families. And to find more information about Michigan food and farming systems, please visit michigangrown.org.